and you are listening to the Fans of Wrestling Show here on the FOW Radio Network. It's only the boys tonight. I am Patrick with Danny Danger. Danny, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. The weather's getting nicer. We're, uh, you know, in, it's we're getting closer to the Money in the Bank and uh, the start of the Best of the Super Juniors are coming up soon. Uh, a lot of different exciting things happening in the world of wrestling. Indeed. And with that, well, not only Money in the Bank and the Best of the Super Juniors, but we are now introduced to... The wild cards. Vince McMahon had this brilliant idea. He came out to say something else, and then he got interrupted. And then it seemed his spur-of-the-moment idea was the wild cards. Because they claimed that Roman was not going to come to Raw. Because after he asked you if he could come to Raw, they said he was not going to. And then he said, well, I'm going to come. And they said, hey, you're, you're like legit not allowed. You're a SmackDown guy. And then he said, hey, you better have my music ready at 8 o'clock because I'm going to be there. You know, that's and that's kind of how it started, because he's the big dog and he does what he wants. Indeed, he does. So here's how it works. Originally three members, but now it's been uh, officially made to four members of the opposite brand can come to the other brand and wrestle or appear or do whatever. So on any given Monday night. Any four random, quote, quote, SmackDown Live wrestlers can come over. And on Tuesday on SmackDown Live, four random, quote, quote, Raw superstars can come over and be on SmackDown. Um, yeah. I, I guess, is this supposed to be, um... The answer to the ratings decrease to be able to add some random stars in each brand because I mean that's the only reason I can think of that they're doing this because otherwise it makes no sense. Might as well just do away with the brands at this point. When I first saw that they were gonna like Roman said he was coming back to Monday, I was like, is that because they feel that you know they can't do Raw without Roman, so they're gonna have him just kind of be on, you know, come back and forth and make appearances, but then they do the wild card thing. I don't know. It seems like it kind of screws up the whole point of the brand split, though. It really does, because you have, you know, in theory, the reason you took guys from one show and put them on another is so that those guys could wrestle each other. But if guys can jump back and forth, you know, and have matches and enter themselves, in, you know, I mean, we had people come from, uh, you know, on SmackDown, people come in from Raw and jump right into title matches. Um, you know, so it's where what hap- You know, what happens if a guy from Raw or a guy from SmackDown goes in the other brand and wins a title? Is he now stuck on that brand, or does he go back to his original brand with that title? You know, what happens if somebody hops from SmackDown, hops over and beats Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship? Does the Universal Championship now? go to Tuesday nights with the SmackDown star or does that SmackDown star now belong to raw until as long as he has the championship. That's yeah. I don't know. It's just, you know, the, the biggest thing is there's not a, a formula structure like there once was where it was, you know, watch a few weeks TV to see the, you know, to pay for the pay-per-view. Now it's just getting you to keep watching this week and next week and this week and next week to get those individual TV ratings. So I guess they're just going to keep, you know, I mean, how long can they keep thinking up new stuff just to, in theory, kind of shake it up? They're raw and they did the superstar shake up and then they didn't even let that really settle for a few weeks before they're doing this wild card thing. What to me it's even more perplexing is, you know, exactly how long will this go on? Uh, in the fall, of course, with SmackDown Live moving over to Fox, what does that mean? You know, what will it look like? I mean, are they going to continue to have separate brands? Are they going to combine everything? It's going to be a lot different, you know, especially with the word that it may be on Friday nights. Oh, moving it back to Friday nights, yeah. So now you have the two different brands on opposite nights. It's kind of 
odd. This could really easily be a way for him to have done away with the brand split and put everything together to get ready for the fall, which I feel like in the fall they're going to redo everything all over again, do another reset, and start over somehow because you got to keep, you know, Fox happy. And possibly that's the reason why you move over Roman Reigns and he's going to be, you know, the headliner of SmackDown Live as the new era of Fox on the fall, but I I just don't know. I don't think that the roster, but the way that it's right now, it's enough for Big Fox. The problem that we ran into when there was not a brand split was finding television time for everybody. Because if you're going to have an upper, you know, you're going to have a main a main card of guys, you know, that are going to be your top six or seven. And then you're trying to fit T, you know, you want to have both of the, of those guys featured on both shows. If you're going to have the roster be the same in theory, fans are going to want to see Roman Reigns whenever they tune into WWE because he can be on both shows. He's supposed to be on both shows. Um, but then that means, you know, so you, okay. So you have the feud that Roman's in and then you have, you know, it's trying to find timeline to fit everybody in when you're now having to double segments for certain big stars. Um, you know, that I, I feel that was a problem for a long time when there was no brand split was the roster was so deep, but you, you only a handful of people were really being featured with adequate TV time to develop their characters, to, to have matches, to get fans to care about them. Um, and I feel that that's, that could possibly happen again if if there is no brand separation and with the superstar shakeup that yet again does away with brand separation because you now have somebody wrestling on Mondays and Tuesdays so now they're taking up additional TV time that somebody else now doesn't get yeah there's a lot of questions and you know people are going to continue to speculate what's going to happen as the ratings continue to decline uh, going into this big uh, TV deal that they've signed, not just Big Fox, but you know the renewal with NBC Universal to keep Raw on the USA Network, it's, it's just uh, mind-boggling what, what they do sometimes. Uh, but I still enjoy it for the most part, but just some things they just randomly do to make no sense. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, that that's, that's going to stick with people. And how long can people, you know, want to watch this and rather just decide, hey, I'm just going to hold off and just watch either the condensed version on Hulu or shoot, just watch the even more condensed version of, of clips on YouTube. And let that be enough. Well, I mean, you still have DVRs. Yeah, so they're, I mean, that's, I mean, not, it's not, I guess it's not as common now, but people still can tape something and then watch it a few hours later and skip through all the stuff they don't want to, which, you know, the advertisers, of course, don't like because then you're skipping over the commercials. And I don't know if, if a DVR record counts the same as a live watch as far as, ratings and and viewership is is set up so i don't know um but yeah i think they they're they they definitely want to do something big and and start showing some big numbers before fox otherwise you know this somehow this deal could change before they switch to the big fox um you know potentially it could be altered if the ratings don't stay consistent to what WWE promised them that said WWE announced uh, their first quarter uh, earnings, and you know they've lost over eight million dollars, which uh, it's 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 a lot of money, no matter who you are. And of course, the first quarter uh, they're probably they're pretty much gonna make that up once you know WrestleMania hits the books, second quarter. And of course, now they have that big uh, show in Saudi Arabia in June. You know that's gonna pay dividends. So 
definitely, I, I think a lot of people like talking about, oh my goodness, they've lost all this money in this quarter. But when you look at the overall picture and between WrestleMania and the two or three trips to Saudi Arabia, they more than make up for all those losses. And then once again, I keep talking about the TV deal. Once that hits the books, uh, 2019 is looking to be a very profitable year for WWE. I think they, they, they may think that they can afford to lose those $8 million in the first quarter, knowing that they're going to get a lot more money coming in the rest of the year. Yes and no. I mean, a comp- no company ever wants to lose money. But, I mean, especially leading into WrestleMania, you, you expect those ratings and, and viewership to be high. Because people want to see the next chapter of the program of the story that leads to WrestleMania, um, yeah. But I mean, they could have a strong second and third quarter to help turn it around, definitely. But it's you know, I mean, there you do still have to look at the shorter picture as well as the larger picture. And in the shorter picture, advertisers may be kind of going, eh. You know, I mean, the business overall they're still doing very very well, um, but you. St- it still sometimes comes down to numbers and comes down to, you know, just looking at numbers on paper. Somebody goes, Ooh, you guys didn't make as much this year as you did last year or whatever, like what happened. And so there probably is a little bit of concern depending on, on who it is that's that they're talking to or talking with. Hopefully they can turn it around and not just with, you know, the WrestleMania and the Saudi shows, but on a more consistent weekly basis, you know, as far as, uh, net gated at shows and television ratings and merchandise sales and you know and, and and the profits for all their different projects the the WWE films and those kind of things. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see again. All roads lead to the new the, the full season and and what happens then. Uh, but yeah, I I don't think that there'll there'll be a lot of concern. Of course, also uh you know there's going to be changes to the WWE network. Uh, you know, as they've been teasing for a while, uh, in, in their new partnership with, you know, neither did they're, you know, they're no longer working, I believe, with the uh, MLB uh, network, and now they're working with another uh, streaming company to be able to, uh, you know, host and function the functionality of the network, and with that, you know, we're gonna, you know, gonna see different improvements. Uh, with you know search, which you know it's a big thing for you. You've been talking about that for a while. Yeah, yeah, just the functionality and it being not very user friendly. Yeah, uh, then also it's gonna have they're gonna have new content. They're gonna have uh, more languages. And one of my favorite things, uh, being able to download things to watch offline, uh, which to me it's huge. You know, because you know you you're able to basically download something. And then watch it while you're flying, you know, in the air, or you're able to go somewhere where you don't have access to internet and just watch stuff. I think that's great added value for many people. Well, I also heard rumor that they were possibly looking to introduce a tier system. Um, and so you would pay, you know, your 10 bucks a month, yes, gets you X amount of content and the live events. Um, but then you pay like 12 bucks a month and you get extra added content, additional features. And if you pay, you know, 15 bucks a month, you get like a, you know, extra features, no commercial. Maybe you get, you know, a discount on purchases at WB shop. Like this doing things like that, like, like Hulu has now where you can have Hulu or you can pay a couple extra bucks and you can also get, you know, the, the HBO shows, you pay a couple extra bucks, you can get, you know the stars shows you pay so they price but then they don't want to raise the price from the 10 bucks and possibly have people lose people so that was where you would get like a basic for 10 bucks but then for the super fans you'd get a lot more if you pay you know a few extra bucks or or buy an extra five bucks a month or something but yet again it's you know all these things were in talks in the works um we don't really know what what exactly goes down until it goes down they definitely like to change things last minute. Yeah, definitely. But I, I'm excited to see what that content is. And I'm excited to see what it looks like. And those pricing options. Of course, 
uh, that they're going to be vital. But this, I think that's always going to be uh, a need for somebody. You know, they, they want to be online. They want to have access. And I, I think that, you know, hey, if they're going to offer something at a higher price, you know, let that value be worth it. You know, you can see different the companies that you know may may offer something at a higher value but necessarily not you know be different so one of the other the things that was talked about with some of the higher tier plans would be um access to some of the independent wrestling promotions that are kind of loosely partnered with wwe uh you you know you pay 15 bucks a month and now you have access to you know, some shows from uh, WWN, you know, some Evolve shows, perhaps. Um, or you have access to some of the shows from Progress Wrestling in, in the United Kingdom. You know, some of these independent promotions that uh, contracted NXT, you know, talent makes appearances at. Um, you might get access to some of those shows, or at least the matches that feature, you know, Adam Cole or, or Cassius Ono or, or whomever. Um, so that would, that would be some of the incentive, I guess, for your more diehard fans. Of course, most of your, your more casual wrestling fans who just want to watch Mondays and Tuesdays and the pay-per-views, they can still have your $10 price point as the big selling thing, but they can manage to get some extra money from, uh, from some of the diehard fans with, with access to things like that, that would in themselves, uh, cost fifteen or twenty dollars to to stream, you know, just one of those shows um, from an independent partner. Now you'd be able to see some of that on the network. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, what it all looks like. What exactly did they have to offer? Uh, you know, like you mentioned, these partnerships with those, all these other companies. Uh, there's always there's been talk about putting them in the network. There's been talk. Uh, you know, but Vince, you know, one day he feels like, yeah, another day he doesn't. Uh, but, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, if he can make money of it and he can see that, how, how he'll make money of it, I think he'll definitely uh, go for it. And right now, uh, he's got the right relationships with the right people and the right independent companies to be able to do those kind of things. So that's going to be very interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll be seeing a lot of changes coming up. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, money in the bank is coming. And it's going to be coming, uh, what, a week and a half from now. And a few more matches have been added. Um, now we have Samoa Joe defending the U.S. Championship against Rey Mysterio uh, in a WrestleMania rematch. Tony Nese defends the Cruiserweight Championship against Arya Daivari. Uh, and, and as announced uh, this week, Miz versus Shane McMahon will be in a steel cage match. Well, I'm, I'm excited. If Rey Mysterio is 100%, which he wasn't going into that WrestleMania match, and they told us that, and that's possibly why the match was, was such a dominant win for Samoa Joe. If Ray's 100%, then I'm interested in, in that match. Um, the other two matches I really don't care about. I don't really care about Tony Nese. I never really have. I didn't like him when he was on the independent scene. I just think he's bland. And him doing this very, very quick turn from cocky, arrogant heel his entire WWE career to now he's the, the take-on-all-comers babyface. Like, I don't buy it. I don't like it. It's it's so generic. It's so bland. He was already generic as a heel. He's even more generic as a babyface. Ari Dabari is good in the ring, but I, you need a good opponent for Ari. Yeah. And Tony Nese isn't that because the fans don't care. They're not behind the babyface in order to get for Ari to get in and be the, you know, the kind of heel he needs to. And Miz and Shane, I was over it back in in November, December. I'm not really a fan of either guy. And the program made up a lot of TV time with them being partners and best, you know, first off, trying to be tag team partners and then they were tag team partners and then Miz turned, you know, Shane turned on him and then 
the stuff with Mrs. Dad, and they kept going, and they had the match at Mania. They keep, even though they're on different shows, they're, you know, Miz keeps chasing Shane around, and and the B team's getting involved, and it's yeah, it's just I'm just ready, ready to be done with it. Hopefully, the steel cage is the end. Yeah, well, we are seeing uh, Shane McMahon rebuild his posse. The main streets of the B team. You know, it, 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 if it works, I mean, technically, it's an improvement from the Mean Street Posse. I mean, yeah. And they're both legacies, for starters. Um, you know, contracted to be talent for years, as opposed to, like, his real-life buddies who they got and taught a couple wrestling moves to. I mean, I think the one guy in the Mean Street Posse who actually was a trained wrestler is the one who who left earliest because he got injured or something. I think that was Joey Abs, right? Yeah. But Rodney and and whatever Rodney and Mac or whatever their names were, Pete Pete Gas and Rodney or something were like his actual friends. So they didn't really wrestle. He taught them how to. They got taught how to wrestle for WWE. Yeah, you know everybody loves talking about how much they love the Attitude Era, but man, looking back, you know, and maybe one day we need to have some uh, show just looking back at highlights. Uh, the highs and lows of the, you know, attitude era. Because man, there's some things now that I'm I, that I, sometimes I'll watch back and I'll be like, wait, I like this. Yeah, like there's some really bad stuff. I think it's I think because I think we all saw it through rose colored glasses looking back. You know, like you, we were all younger and it was new and exciting, and they were doing deeper daring stuff, like stuff that was cool. That when you're 14 and 15 years old was really really cool. But now that you're like an adult and you look on it and you're like, this is like terrible television. You know, like this is bad wrestling. You know, these are bad storytelling. These are bad jokes. But like when you're a teenager and you're young, they're cool. and They're funny. And I also think that we look back at big moments that were cool, but we forget about like two months of, of just terrible that was circled this one really cool event, you know? And part of it is now that, that so many things they did in the Attitude Era, because they were because things were so successful, they keep redoing and redoing and redoing. Like, how many times does a WWE superstar get arrested for you know trespassing once they've been told they're not supposed to be on the show and they get carried away in handcuffs? You know, like that was the big thing. Steve Austin, you know, was being arrested, but now I swear I've seen that like every every three to six months. I mean, it happened to Becky Lynch not too long ago, you know, and then. Then Becky and Charlotte and Ronda all got arrested. You know, like nobody believes that. Nobody believes these people really getting arrested and taken, you know, downtown and book. Yeah, I I don't get the arresting anymore. It it really doesn't do anything for me. But yeah, may, we'll have to go back and look back at the Attitude Era uh, one day and and try to see exactly what we were thinking when we were watching these things and and thirty something year old us. Now looking back and being like, uh, we 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 loved this man when we were sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Ate it up, ate it up. We ate it up. But like I've gone back and I've watched some of the pay per views, like watched the full show, and it's I'm just, some of it. You're just like, dude, this is so bad. I'll take a three hour raw anytime. Well, I don't know about that. None of those aren't necessarily as great either. Back back to uh to the. the current day uh WWE. Uh let's talk about the NXT roster for a moment. Uh we we hadn't really talked much about NXT. Uh of course I'm two weeks behind right now on both NXT and uh NXT UK but last we talked uh it was for takeover and the finally crowning moment for Johnny Gargano. So what I was thinking is okay well now we 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 are past WrestleMania. Uh, they they are starting to show the new TV uh, tapings that they they just had. And of course, the next takeover will be June first. Let let's kind of take a look at the roster and see where where we stand with some people. Uh, of course, as we are, we try to stay spoiler free uh, from uh, the tapings. So okay, we 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 know that Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, and Kyle O'Reilly 
they've got their thing going on undisputed era they they you know lose they be leading towards some type of breakup of some sorts whether it be Roddy or Cole or who knows they they're they're going it looks like it's leading that way uh it, if you had to choose uh who would you break away from undisputed era if i had to pull just one person out of the group yeah i've always felt that adam cole is a superstar in the making I feel that I know a lot of people don't like him or whatever. They think he's, you know, all he is is an Adam Cole baby. But there's a whole lot there that com- that makes a complete superstar. And that the the things that I saw in his, you know, his first uh, title reign in Ring of Honor, I started seeing some of those things um, that he just has kind of the the presence and his he's a great promo and. Um, in the ring, he he you know he knows how to pace a match and he knows how to set things up um, as far as for for added drama and effect and um, so I think that he can do without the undisputed era. I think he has the best chance of succeeding as a solo act. Now, once he gets out of the main roster, I'm not really sure because. Unfortunately, he is, you know, quote unquote, undersized um, for main roster WWE. Um, he's, you know, he's five nine, you know, right around two ten. So he's not really big. He's not the kind of person that typically would be pushed into a main event level position. Um, but you know, apart from the the lack of phys- physical size that that most, you know, main roster WWE wants you to have, I think he has all the tools um, to be to be a top-level guy. Um, but I, where I think Fish and O'Reilly and, and Strong, to an extent, all kind of, they don't, they, they need somebody else with them. I don't think they can stand alone. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And, I, you know, I totally agree about, you know, it's a shame because Roddy, in my opinion, is probably the best wrestler of the four. Well, well, both he and Kyle are like I, you know, are just amazing in ring people. But it's like I, I have a feeling that because they're they're not as strong promos, they're not as strong like a personality, they wouldn't really connect with people as a main roster. I mean, Roddy was just kind of floating along, semi aimlessly. You know, he was starting to get his own um, footing when they put him with the Undisputed Era. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't think Roddy could really be a big name superstar on his own and, and Kyle definitely. I think Kyle's although he is a great singles wrestler, I think he's relied too much on his through his career on being part of a, a tag team or a faction. Um to where that's kind of where his wheelhouse is now. We'll see what happens. But yeah, Cole and it's over like a rover as one would say. So next we have Jason Riker. And of course, with him, Steve Cutler, Wesley Blake, the Forgotten Sons. I mean, they give these guys a lot of, you know, they're giving these guys a decent amount of TV time regularly. Um, but honestly, like the name Forgotten Sons is pretty apt because although I see them semi regularly, I still kind of forget about them. They are easily forgettable. They're three guys who aren't that big who have similar, who have very, very, very similar looks. Um, and it's just a generic gimmick of, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to take it anymore. We're mad. And, you know, um, and, you know, and that they basically have a similar gimmick to like a big man tag team, except they're not big men. They're all, you know, the biggest one would be, uh, you know, I guess Jackson Riker and he's like six, three. So he's he's and he's like the big man muscle of the group at six foot three. He's not even really that big in NXT, let alone compared to when you get to the land of the Giants on main roster WWE. There, you know, you had the Wyatt family, you had Sanity. Now you throw out these guys. Fans are just, fans aren't gonna. I, they're just gonna honestly, they're gonna forget about them. They're not gonna be able to discern who's who. 
and they're not even really going to care when these guys come out. Yeah, many people can say that the Forgotten Sons will truly be forgotten. Uh, may, may, maybe they already are forgotten, and and Vince Man meant to call them up a long time ago, but you know, forgot about them. Maybe they were supposed to win the tag team titles, but then they forgot about them. Maybe they were supposed to win the Dusty Classic, and then they just forgot. You know. Okay, at least they're living to their uh, gimmick, right? Yeah. Dominic Dijakovic looked like he was going to be working a program with the Velveteen Dream, but alas, Tormeniscus had to have knee knee surgery. He's out indefinitely. Sucks for him. He looked great against Keith Lee in match that televised uh, with uh, on NXT a few months ago. De- definitely a big loss, but maybe uh, a blessing in disguise while NXT sorts out their summer plans. A uh, bunch of new faces coming back when he gets back might be exactly what he needs. I mean, that's true. I, I like Dajakovic, and I, I liked him on the infinite scene a lot. Um, you know, I the gimmick change is, you know, giving him a gimmick where he's, you know, the, you know, former Soviet fighter. I mean, his, his gimmick is very, it reminds me very, very, very loosely of, uh, of Dolph Lundgren in, uh, in Rocky four, you know, where he, uh, I can't remember the character's name. Um, I will crush you, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, and I know he's not, but it's very, very loosely what it reminds me of. But I like him a lot, and it's yeah, it's kind of a shame that he was going down right as he's starting to get into a title program. Right after WrestleMania is always a difficult rebuilding time for NXT. You know, they they lose their top talent, and I don't feel that they had been doing enough over the last six to eight months to build a second and third tier talent that could move up very quickly to the to be main talent um, once the space was made available for them. So now they're kind of in this, well, what do we do? Who do we push? Who, who do fans know? Who do they connect with? Who's TV ready? Um, but I mean, that's the reason why they're a de- developmental product. You know, they're, they are the third brand, yes, and they're very, very popular and very, very exciting matches and these kind of things. But essentially, they are a developmental brand. So they are going to have these kind of moments of growing pains as they're just kind of, you know, some of their best talent gets plucked out from time to time whenever our SmackDown feels that they need they need or can use them. And brings me back to the next uh, names on their list. Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. Of course, Oni Lorcan now a member of 205 Live. He's with the Christmas. Of course, he'll still be making appearances on NXT. Uh, but with Lorcan officially in the main roster, what happens with Danny Birch? Will he stay on NXT, or is he UK-bound? Since UK has does taping sessions similar to NXT's taping sessions, I mean, he realistically could divide his time between the two. And Oni could still come down or go to the UK for a couple days and tape you know, some shows to keep them as a team if they want to. Danny Birch, he could do, he could do both. Um, I know he lives in Florida. He moved, you know, um, but he could easily fly to the UK for a couple days, do tapings for them, and then come back to Florida and work NXT, work uh, the the Florida Loop or, or different NXT touring dates um, as needed. But I think that he's too good of a talent to just be lost in the shuffle. So I feel they need to do, they definitely need to do something with him. I agree 100%. He definitely needs to be doing something. Uh, I think you can do a lot of great things. He's got a great size, can really adapt to so many different styles. Uh, and I, I, I look forward to see what the future holds for one Danny Birch. Um, you know, and, and he could be, uh, you know, an asset in any brand. And glad that he's uh, currently being utilized. Uh, Cesar Bononi. Uh, he was given the award in 2017 for uh, the future star of NXT. Uh, year and a half later, uh, you know, he's still doing the Florida loop. 
Yeah, he's still doing the Florida Loop. He was last seen on television in uh, in a tag team, uh, I think, that was disposed of very quickly by the War Raiders. Um, I mean, yet again, he's a big guy. He's, you know, I want to say he's from Brazil, I think, originally. Um, so he's got some Brazilian jiu-jitsu background, but they just they haven't really found a character that works with him um, to help keep him uh, keep him going on television. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what is going to come out of that, but uh, only time will tell. Uh, he eventually either has to move up or move on, and I think that. You know, at the age of 32, for for a guy like him. Well, some of these guys, they don't, um, you know, I mean, we, we talk about, you know, move on or move, move up or move on. But it seems they hold on to certain people for a long, long, long time before something really takes off for them. So some people can get seemingly dropped fairly easily. But... Others stay very, very long time. I mean, Cesar Bonone, of course, is a is an example. But you know, like you look at the women's division and and Aaliyah, you know, she's been with the company for a lot of years as well. Um, and it's just you know they tried different gimmicks with her, nothing really stuck, and and now she's got this one where she's teaming with Vanessa Bourne, and you know she's just kind of Kardashian bitchy mean girl kind of. Um, but she's I feel that she's been with them for years and just hasn't really done much but they still keep her on the roster so i don't know what the parameters for you know that can help that allow somebody to stay there for so long and have so many attempts and yet again it's a developmental system but ultimately if you're not developing you have to move to make way for people who are or who still have an opportunity to to develop all right so next up i want to bring up Kushida, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, uh, bring them together because uh, they're, uh, I think, names uh, that outside of the league, very popular, uh, great wrestlers. And I think that they are right now uh, pretty much going to be the future of NXT for 2019 into 2019 and be big players. Uh, for the brand. I mean, Riddle, we've already seen that with, you know, he's, he's been on television for quite some time, had a couple takeover matches, you know, most recently, uh, Velveteen, you know, so I can see that being some error for him as a major player. Uh, Keith Lee was, you know, they've used on TV a few times, was set up to, to seemingly have a program with Dijakovic and kind of revisit their indie feud that they had, uh, that they kind of, Put that on hold, and we're moving Dijakovic in a different direction. And then he, you know, he got hurt, as we talked about. Um, but Keith Lee, I feel like there's just even the crowd connects; they connect to him in kind of a way. But I feel there's just kind of something missing, and I don't know. Maybe that's why they took him off TV. If there's just kind of a certain thing that that's stopping him from from making that big connection on a bigger group, and we just saw Kushida you know, on television, make his debut against, against Cassius Ono. Um, this week's TV, they announced that he would be competing again next week. Uh, but they're already hyping him as, you know, as a future major player. Um, we know, you know, from watching new Japan, how, how good Kushida is. Um, it's just, can he translate that to, um, the American audiences, which isn't, which mo not all Japanese superstars have found very easy. Um, you know, Hideo Tommy, of course, being one that comes to mind, who just never really seemed to connect. Part of it was injuries. Part of it was cultural. Um, part of it was adapting his his very, very heavy, strong style into a more uh, WWE-friendly style. Uh, and it just didn't work as well um, for him. Now, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford... The Street Profits, they, they, they seem to be having uh, a good deal going back and forth between NXT and Evolve. Um, do you see that continuing in the future? At what point uh, do you call them up, or do you even need to call them up at this point? Well, I've, 
I thought that they were going to go further in this year's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic than they actually did. Um, you know, I, to me, they had been they've been a tag team for a longer tenure time than most of the other teams that were in the Dusty Classic this year. Uh, so I assumed they would get a lot further, but they got caught off in the first round. Um, you know, but they're still very over. They go to they're over at Evolve. Um, you know, I, it seemed like that they would be the ones to take the, you know, to take the reins for the tag team division. Now that the, uh, the war Raiders have moved up and on and renamed a couple times, but, uh, apparently not yet, you know, as, as we still talk right now, as of current storylines, the war Raiders are still NXT tag team champions. Uh, there has, they have not been stripped of the titles. They have not lost those titles um so they are still technically nxt champions all right so we have uh a few other guys left here uh of course uh, tino sabatelli is out with an injury uh tomaso ciampa also out with a neck injury uh so those are out uh before we uh talk about the champs uh, uh another handful of guides that we have are Raul Mendoza, Riddick Moss, and Shane Thorne. Well, I don't know with Shane Thorne, actually. We haven't really seen him much on television. You know, he was in, I think he was in that World's Colli- one of the World's Collide episodes. Um, since uh, Nick Miller left and uh, went back, is now in New Japan. Um, Splitting up, you know, the mighty TM61. Uh, so I don't know what exactly is with Shane Thorne. I, I felt that Shane Thorne was the more charismatic of the duo. I felt that if you were to split them, he would definitely do, he definitely had more of a personality and a little bit flashier moveset. Um, but I don't know what they're going to do with Shane Thorne. I hope he doesn't just, you know, fall through the cracks and, and become the fourth forgotten son. Uh, Moss and Mendoza. We saw against each other on this week's episode of NXT. Um, Riddick Moss, you know, had been off TV for a while. They mentioned that he had a uh, surgery on his on his uh, Achilles tendon on one of his one of his ankles, but he came back with this new fitness gimmick or something. The uh, Riddick regime. I don't know if that's going to get over. I don't know if it seems kind of like it's a crap gimmick, like destined to fail. Uh, and Mendoza really hasn't been used much more than an enhancement talent. You know, he, he always has great showings, but he's always there to put up. This week, he, he got the win over Moss, um, almost to the surprise of, of the crowd and himself as well, that he actually got a win on television. Um, so I don't know what you do with those guys. Um, I mean, Moss is just so so bland, just so generic. It became this fitness guy gimmick. I don't think it helped make him stand out. Um, you know, I think Raul Mendoza has a much better understanding because of, of his flashier moveset. He's a very good high flyer. He's very thorn on television. And I don't think he's he's gotten adequate television time. You need to put him over as, you know, as a solo character if that's how you're going to keep him. Versus putting him in another team or, or faction. Yeah, de- definitely. I c- definitely see uh, Mendoza be the one that actually does. Some, they do something with. Uh, you can easily put him with the Cruiserweights, two or five live. You know, make him another member of the uh, Lucha House Party if you need to. I mean, you can never have enough Latinos. Next up, Tyler Breeze is back on NXT. What do you make of that? Uh, You know, people could see it as a demotion. I see it as a blessing in disguise. Breeze was on the World's Collide shows. You know, there's there's word that he's back on some of the the house shows, the Florida Loop and and those kind of things. Um, But he has yet to to make his triumphant return to to television NXT. I think it could be really good for him because although the Fashion Files was kind of entertaining, it seemed to have kind of been running its course. Fandango is, is hurt, and I'm not really sure what kind of injury he has, but it seems like he's been he's been out for quite some time. So, you know, I think you kind of need to 
freshen them up again. And if you have to, and going back to NXT, you know, as we saw with, with a few other stars, you know, with Rhino and, and Tyson Kidd and stuff, you know, they went to NXT for a little while and they went back up to the main roster and ended up winning championships, um, moving back into bigger roles. They basically went down there to not only get seasoning for themselves, but also help elevate some of the talent that was already in NXT and help raise, help the, some of those competitors raise their bar. Um, so I don't see it as, as, you know, uh, really a demotion. Um, I'm curious to see if he just goes back to Prince Pretty and starts wearing the furry boots and stuff, or if he does kind of don a, a new persona a little bit. Um, I, I always liked Breeze. I liked his stuff in NXT. Um, you know, as the Breeze character, I felt on the main roster, he kind of got a crumb, uh, crummy rap with his debut as you know, in a feud with Fandango, battling quote unquote over Summer Ray. Um, I felt some of the things that made the Tyler Breeze character were, was part of his entrance and the the camera work they used for his entrance of his boots and the zoom ups and his music and the dimming the lights and the runway. And they didn't do that on the main roster. When they introduced him, people were already in the ring and he just walks down. You know, he's just a goofy guy looking at himself on a selfie stick. Um, it's almost like they kind of doomed him right from the get go. Uh, but you know, I, I've definitely been a fan of his ring work for a long time. And, and I love the way, what he was able to do with the breeze character. Um, and hopefully he can, he can get a good fresh start, um, so to speak. And, and then get back to, to putting on some good matches there in NXT. Yeah. And finally, NXT champion Johnny Gargano, NXT North American champion, Velveteen Dream. I'm still not really on the Velveteen Dream bandwagon yet. I still just don't really don't really care about him. Um, I don't really like the character, his in-ring stuff. It's not that great because you're supposed to like the character so he doesn't have to go, go nuts with his in-ring stuff. Um, yeah, I still just don't really like it. I don't really, it just doesn't really connect with me. I don't know if, it, and I don't really know if it's going to connect with the main roster either. Um, you know, once he's he's spent so much time developing this character a certain way, and then he's going to go up and have new people now writing for his character and telling him what he can and can't do. And and I don't know if this. I think this type of character gets over with a smarter, a quote unquote smarter crowd. Um, but I think you get to the you know kids and families uh, type crowd, and I don't think the Velveteen Dream character gets over. Um, I like, I feel Johnny Gargano has a lot of problems getting over as well. I think you have to really watch Johnny Gargano matches before you care about him. I, th- I don't think he's an individual wrestler, an individual match wrestler. I think he's a great feud wrestler. The things that got him over were his great feuds. The build-up and, thing, and then the matches, you know, with uh, with of course with Tommaso Ciampa and with um, you know even with Andrade and I don't know if he's going to be given that kind of opportunity on the main roster um, just because he's not really a great great promo guy he's not really great at necessarily connecting seeing him wrestle I think you have to have these big feuds so that you can connect to him while he wrestles um, I mean I watched him a lot on the independent scene I feel that was what the thing that lacked he just there was just something that that i couldn't connect with as a fan sometimes with him um but he has that with his bigger feuds but now he's not really in a big feud he's just kind of whatever and as champion i don't think his character works i think his character works best as the underdog not the i'm on top of the world take all comers kind of guy um hard to be the underdog when you're when you're at the top of the, the food chain um so I think they're they're both doing okay now, but I don't know if they're how well they're going to do come the main roster. You know, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano were also on the main roster before WrestleMania, having matches similar to Ricochet and Aleister Black. And after NXT Takeover, Aleister Black and Ricochet got got the call up. Johnny Gargano did not. Uh, so we'll definitely have to see. But I don't know if if, if either Johnny or Velveteen is going to going to fare too well on the main roster. And we're, we're seeing that as unfortunately a trend with uh, NXT champions getting to the main roster and kind of flopping. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I like Tyler Breeze. I 
think that things just didn't work out for him in the main roster. He thrived in NXT. Uh, as I mentioned before, had his best match ever against uh, one of your heroes uh, in, in NXT TakeOver. And yeah, I think that this is the place for him. And, and now looking to be working a program with Velveteen Dream, I think it's it'll, it'll be very entertaining. Uh, Velveteen Dream, yeah, he's gonna continue to do his thing. Uh, at some point, drop the title. His character will it last on 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 the main roster? Who knows? Um, these kind of acts usually do not. So we'll see how it goes. And Johnny Gargano, yeah, it's all about the story for Johnny. Can he thrive in the main roster? He could. But will he? I think he would be better suited for 205 Live and be a headliner there and actually uh, help rebuild the brand to something of consequence now that they've lost Cedric and Buddy Murphy. And they've you know, lost a lot of top-tier guys also to free agency in the past. They need a huge superstar to carry that brand. And I think Johnny Gargano is the right guy. So I'm all about Johnny wrestling for 205 live. I, I do want to talk about the women, uh, but I, I like to save this for next week and wait uh, for the screen queen to uh, rejoin us and then we can break down uh, the women of NXT and, and see what um, the future holds for them. And you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the future holds for anybody on NXT, uh, how many more call ups we see this year. Uh, how many more names we see getting added? How many more people get signed? Um, we've seen a few number of people joining the Performance Center as of late. Uh, some people already working, you know, the loops. Uh, and I'm excited to see those additions to NXT later this year. Uh, it'll be fun to watch. It's an entertaining time uh, on the NXT uh, brand. For these wrestlers as we continue to see them evolve. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. All right, now looking over outside the Fed, uh, we are, uh, you know, on uh, in between cycles for New Japan Pro Wrestling as the Dontaku events just finished up, and we're waiting for the best of the Super Juniors. Now, finishing Dontaku after Okada successfully defended his IWGP Heavyweight Championship. It was announced that his next challenger at Dominion on June 9th will be none other than Chris Jericho. Well, the full story. So Okada was in the ring making his, his you know, his post-match uh, promo, you know, talking to the crowd and and as he's about to kind of wrap that up and do the Rainmaker pose, it goes dark. The screen comes on. There's some weird video of Chris Jericho putting on his makeup and reveals himself and says he's the pain maker. And he's coming to, t you know, he's coming to take that championship on June 9th. When it cuts back to Okada, Okada's kind of snickering. He's kind of laughing at it. Rightfully so. It was a dumb video package. And Chris Jericho doesn't exactly look formidable with his his crow makeup on and his hat. Kata, they kind of trans to where as well. Okay. Um, I'm a championship shot, but we haven't done that match yet. So why not? That's basically what they loosely translated. His response to it was, uh, that's kind of, I feel a lot of the fans. What has Jericho done exactly to be heavyweight? A championship. Okada had to go, you know, win in the New Japan Cup. Go through five different men. 
Okada is one of the best in the world. Absolutely love everything the guy does, but uh, not really exactly looking forward to Chris Jericho versus Tetsuko Okada. Well, you know, and not only that, it's, it's happening two weeks after Jericho faces off against Kenny Omega. So it'll be interesting to see uh, Chris Jericho wrestle two top wrestlers in the world within a two-week span. Yeah, guys who are both almost 20 years younger than him each. Alright, so now also speaking of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, we did talk last week about the best of the Super Juniors and the roster. Well, the roster is now complete as the last participant was revealed at Dontaku, uh, none other than El Fantasmo, Canadian wrestler who uh, has wrestled uh, mostly recently in the UK. Uh, he joins the Bullet Club and will be participating in the tournament. So now we have the block set. Who do you like out of a, the A block? I mean, uh, you know, block A, I, I got to go with the champ. Well, I would normally say the champ, but I honestly have to go with Shingo. Okay, Shingo Takagi, since coming to New Japan in... in Either October or November, you have held the tag titles and lost them. But Bushi was always the one taking the pinball move scenario. So Shingo undefeated thus far um, in New Japan. I think you have to pick him as a favorite for his block, even even against Dragon Lee and 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 some of the other stiff competition that's in there. Yeah, but definitely a strong block, especially with the, the just the top four. You got Dragon Lee, Ishimori, Skrull. And Shingo, but then my goodness, you had Gresham in there. Yeah, you had Gresham and and Takamichinoku making his return to to singles action, and Tiger Mask as well. Um, it's it's very interesting block, but a lot of former champs, as you mentioned, you know, you t- look at the first four. Three of those men are are champions or former champs, and Shingo has yet to to have his shot at that. Block B, if I had to pick somebody out of this one, I'm going with Osprey. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think that Osprey is a favorite to win this, especially because there are several people who have not competed in a Best of the Super Juniors before. Uh, Bandito, Fantasma, Flip Gordon, uh, Robbie Eagles hasn't competed in the Best of the Super Juniors either. So you have a lot of inexperienced guys on this schedule, and Osprey has won, won the whole thing before. Um, his first year in New Japan, he won the, he won the whole thing. So. I think you definitely have to put him as a favorite in, in block B. Yeah, so it's going to be very exciting. Uh, and this show, uh, this set of shows beginning uh, May 13 and going all the way through the finals on June the 5th. Um, it's it's going to be a great set of shows, a lot of great matches. Uh, it's pretty much a, a pretty stacked, uh, you know, roster here for this tournament and both blocks are really going to be fun to see uh a lot of established names a bunch of new names younger guys uh it's time to step it up and of course dragon lee continues to uh you know bring up you know one of his longtime nemesis uh hiromu takahashi and you know he wants that match when when and if Takahashi uh, recovers uh, and makes his successful return. Dragon Lee is waiting for him. You know, if there's any match that he wants to have, defend that championship against Soromu is what he wants. Um, so uh, we'll see if we get to see that happen. I would definitely want to see that happen again. Uh, I definitely want to see Hiromu back uh, when he is fully healed and ready. But nonetheless, uh, from May 13th to June the 5th, a lot of great matches are going to be happening, and they'll all be available on New Japan World. Now, before we do close out the show, you know, it's uh, we, we got to talk about the All Elite show for a moment. Uh, we did bring up that Jericho is wrestling uh, Kenny Omega in that show. Uh, the Triple A 
tag titles will give you on the line as the Young Bucks will defend against the Lucha Brothers. Hangman Page will be wrestling Pac. Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. Britt Baker versus Kylie Ray versus Nyla Rose. SoCal Uncensored versus Sima, Lindemann, and T-Hawk. And in your pre-show, the Casino Battle Royale. 21-man battle royal. Or person. Not sure how they'll make this happen, but we'll see. And Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara. Also on the pre-show. Announced that they will be airing on pay-per-view in the UK. Uh, through ITV, I believe the uh, the show's gonna be somewhere uh, under twenty pounds. I'm not exactly sure the the exact amount is sixty or seventeen pounds, uh, but it's gonna be a, an interesting show. Still, no announcement of where it's gonna air on the in the U.S. Whether it'll be on Fight. With, you know, there's rumors it's going to be on traditional pay-per-view. Uh, will, will they have their own streaming option available? Uh, of course, all these uh, leading to the rumors that AEW is going to has signed a, a TV deal with TNT, and uh, that will be announced next week when Time Warner uh, does their uh, TV presentations. Uh, what say you on here on AEW Double or Nothing, and what's happening with them in the U.S.? Their best assets thus far is promotion. They've done great at making fans and everybody care about every single step and every single thing they're doing. Um, you know, from here's an announcement of talent, and here's this press conference, and here we're now appearing at this indie show, and we're gonna. Uh, you know, invite these people to come to wrestle our show and 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 all that that stuff. It, they've done so so well. Um, you know, there's there were talks that they were looking to do it. You know, it, move into a weekly TV deal with Turner. It's, uh, speculation that they will make a full announcement about what all that deal entails. Um, you know, in the next week or so. Uh, all the people they've, you know. Signed and stuff, they look to have a strong roster at their disposal. Um, I no doubt that the matches will be exciting. Um, as you know, it, they're pretty much making putting together dream matches based on uh, indie wrestlers they're picking from not only around the country but multiple countries uh, throughout the world uh, to join their group. Curious to see how this television deal pans out. Curious to see how they work a television show because we've seen ways of how how to do a, a weekly wrestling television show when you take it in new directions, and we've also seen things taken in new directions and not not work so well. Um, you know, despite a lot of big hype going into them, so I I am really excited to see what they can do. Um, just because, to me, the more opportunities for wrestlers, the more opportunities for wrestling on different streaming services um, is is always exciting to me. Um, you know, because we're, as as fans, that's what we want. We want to be able to see more. We want to be able to see um, different varieties of things. We want good, you know, better access to a lot of that. You know, yes, the the Fed does. You know, is, is is the big daddy is the big dog again, you know, but you know, we, a lot of people are in the scenes or political ties. And, you know, so there are alternatives out there. If you, you know, you get fed up with, with what's happening in the fed, or you just want to try a little, a little different flavor. Um, and so to me, then getting a TV deal, even if it is like 2 a.m. on Saturday nights. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot coming out next week. I think it's going to be crucial. Uh, so close to double or nothing. 
course, Double Nothing has been sold out for a long time. So that's that. They, there's a demand for All Elite. And uh, of course, what would that mean? But a TV deal with a network such as TNT would be huge. Uh, only time will tell what happens. Once the TV deal is set, when will it start? How long will they run? You know, the guys need to make money. Uh, and now, if these guys are going to be exclusive to All Elite and not being allowed to work elsewhere, you know, that 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 needs to be an investment on these guys, giving the opportunity to make that money that they can't make anywhere else. And, you know, so there's a lot of money behind it too with the cons and and there's a lot of a lot invested into it. Only time will tell what will happen, but we'll find out a lot about the distribution here in the US next week. I I am I'm, I'm sure that next week is gonna be huge for all elite wrestling, so uh we'll need to stay tuned. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. So I th- I think with that it, you know, until next week, guys. Thank you for listening. I hope you have enjoyed our conversation this week. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the FOW Radio on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play. Check us out on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F. Endanger. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling. <laughs>